0: First Timothy chapter number five verse 20. Them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that I observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. I'd like to speak from that subject. Keep thyself pure. May we pray. Our Father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for another privilege to preach for each one that's come this way. Lord, you know what we need, and I pray you'd speak through me the words that you need to, you'd like to have spoken. It would be strengthened by it, and warned by it, and helped by it. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, here we have some good advice. Keep thyself pure. 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul writing to Timothy there and he says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thine example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. God said, I want you to be pure. James 1.27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows, and their affliction to keep himself unspotted from the world. So he talks about pure religion. Second Timothy 2.19, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, abstain from all appearance of evil. And Romans 14.16, let not then your good be evil spoken of. So God tells us we need to be pure. And uh, he talks about a pure heart in First Timothy chapter 1. Verse 5, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Well, that's where it begins, to have a pure heart. Uh, Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. So God requires purity. God requires a pure heart. And in Matthew 5.8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, how does one get a pure heart? Well, there's only one way, and that's by the transforming power of God, and through the Word of God. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Then in 1 Peter 1.22, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit, and the unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So he talks about purity in heart as far as necessary to go to heaven. And then he talks about the purity of heart in our relationships with others. Love one another with a pure heart fervently. Our love is to be without hypocrisy, as the Bible teaches, and uh, we're to do it out of a pure heart. You know, if, if God's done a work in your heart, then uh, uh, it'll cause you to love people that you normally wouldn't love, and it'll cause you to put up with things in life that you may not want to have to put up with. Now, in Proverbs 30:12, there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, yet is not washed from their filthiness. So uh, uh, you know there are those that think they're pure, and yet they have no forgiveness because they're believing false doctrine. And uh, you know it's uh, it's a tragic thing to believe untruth. So, pure heart. I hope you have a pure heart tonight. I hope that uh, God's done a work of grace in your heart, and uh, that we'll be able to see God because of it. Going to ascend to the hill of the Lord? Going to have to have clean hands and a pure heart. Then he talks about a good conscience there. Uh, The end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience. You know, God gave man a conscience. Uh, You know, an animal animal can steal, a dog can steal another dog's food, eat it, go lay down go to sleep. Don't bother him. They don't care, but you can't do that uh, or unless you have your conscience seared with a hot iron. You know, if you steal a dog's food and eat it, <laughs> you would have problems on you. But anyway, uh, we find that, uh, uh, that uh, we have a conscience, and uh, that's why God says man is without excuse in Romans 2, that God has given man a conscience. Consciousness of right and wrong, and uh, that uh, that uh, when we do wrong, it bothers us. And if, if we if we have we're normal, uh, talks about a pure conscience. Second Timothy one three. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. Well, Paul had that testimony that uh, he had a good conscience. You know, if 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 you, if you, if you have a good conscience, you can go to sleep at night. And you don't have to worry about, you know, if you've been crooked and, and deceitful or treated others wrong. If you treat people right or honest, above board, then you can sleep at night without your conscience troubling you and bothering you. 2 second, second Peter rather, 3, verse 1, Paul talks about stirring up your pure minds. Well, we need a pure mind. We need a pure heart. And we need a pure mind. I mentioned this morning that long after the battles of the flesh are won, the battle wars and goes on in the conscience. And the battle wars in the mind. Now, that's where the real struggle is, isn't it? You know, Jesus said uh, in Matthew 5:28, He says, You've heard it said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery where they are already in his heart. The Lord says you can can commit the sin of adultery in your mind. May I say long before the act is committed, it's uh, it's, it's played out in the mind. And so the Lord warns us uh, about having a good conscience. You know, I realize I'm accused of being being old-fashioned, but in 1 Corinthians 7, he said it's good for a man not to touch a woman. And some say that's only speaking of, a touch in an immoral way, but he talks. Uh, the meaning of it is not to touch sensually. And uh, you know, I don't think I don't think a young man can keep his mind right unless he keeps his hands to himself. Uh, that's why God God warns against that. And a lot of people have engaged in the act because they didn't heed the warning. And uh, uh, you know, some of you can remember. Uh, you know, when you held your girlfriend's hand, uh, you know, that, uh, that was something. After a while, that's nothing. And you just you have to go on and on and so until you fall into this sin, the act. So God says, don't do it. Reserve that to the married state. Keep your hands to yourself. Uh, not to touch. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. It means to touch or to hold on or to embrace. Is the meaning if you study it out? Well, it, the question arises: Is it possible to have a good conscience? You say, "Well, you can't, you can't help what you think." Well, let's turn in the Bible to Second Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians chapter ten. Can a person control their thoughts? Well, I guess the 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 evident answer is no. You can't do it, but I know someone that can, and. Uh, 2 Corinthians, 10. <coughs> 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, that's page 1237. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought. To the obedience of Christ. Now he said our weapons are not carnal. In other words, you can't go go get a gun and shoot the devil. If I could, I'd go get mine and shoot him. (laughs) But uh, you can't do that, can you? Uh, You can't see the rascal. So uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But the Bible said they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds." casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, that's, that's something, isn't it? God says, the Lord says, I can take, I can handle it. Kind of goes along with what I was preaching this morning from Philippians there. Think on these things, things that bother you and trouble you. The Lord says, let me handle it, I can take care of it. And uh, so, so he says here uh, that, uh, that, that we, we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what we need to do. If you have a problem lusting, commit it to Jesus. Say, Lord, I can't deal with this thing. You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to, I commit this to you. And I ask you to help me overcome this matter. And I believe God has the power to do it. I don't think there's a one-time fix. I don't think you can come to this altar tonight and pray about it and get up and never have another problem with a, with a lustful thought. But I believe I believe if, we'll, if we'll do it on a daily basis. Paul said, I die daily. If we, if we face every day with the issue, then God's able to help us overcome it. I think it was Ralph Sexton I heard talking about. The psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And he said it's hard, it's hard to quote scripture and have those, those kind of thoughts, or say, do those kind of evil deeds. It would be kind of hard to do that, wouldn't it? And so they, if, you, if you hide the word of God, in my, he said, thy word of I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. If you hide the word in your heart and uh, we think on those things, then, uh, then we're able to overcome. Philippians 4, 8, that verse I gave this morning, one of those things mentioned there, whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are pure. Think on these things. Don't think on impurity. That's why I warn young men, stay away from pornography. I heard a preacher tell me one time, he, before he got saved, he was, he was involved in some terrible sins. And uh, that was one of them. And he said, Sometimes I'll be sitting there waiting, as an evangelist, I'll be sitting there waiting to go preach. And one of those images will come back in my mind that he, had, he hadn't had anything to do with for several years. And I have to pray and say, God cleanse my mind. Lord, take that image out of my mind. And that's why I say, stay away from it. Because you're poisoning your mind. And you're 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 creating problems for your marriage later on. Keep yourself pure. Keep your keep your a uh, pure mind. And uh, it's it's a battle. It's a battle you'll wage the rest of your life if you don't deal with it when you're young. Be, uh, uh, talks about those youthful lusts. Flee youthful lusts. And that's one of them. Drugs and drinking. You know the best way <coughs> Best way to overcome drugs? Don't ever try. I like Mac Hodges' definition. He said, the cure for alcohol, don't drink it. What can we do about all the alcoholics? Quit drinking. That'll solve the problem. Young people, don't ever drink. You'll never have a problem if you never take the first drink, will you? You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about alcohol anonymous and and all these other problems. Don't ever start smoking. I think me and my wife, we were checking out somewhere. And observing the price of cigarettes. That's an expensive habit, isn't it? You know, don't, if you don't want hook, don't start. <laughs> don't, don't use drugs. Don't try it. I told you about the young man we visited years ago in Charlotte Hospital. Cardiac arrest. It's, Early 20s, I think he was. Took crack cocaine, overdosed on it, and about died. And I asked him, I'd, I'd heard, but I didn't know for sure because I'd never tried it myself. But uh, I said, I've heard that if you take it one time, you're hooked. He said, that's right. They gave it, first, first time they gave it to him. And a lot of time young people, well, you're a kid, you're a coward. Try it. Why don't you try it just one time? He said, i had have done anything to get it. I'd have killed. I'd have stole. i had have done anything to get it. Nearly, nearly killed him. Well, keep yourself pure. Think on these things. Have a good conscience. Have a pure heart. Have a pure conscience. Have a pure mind. And God's able to give you that. Uh, you know, to where, where there's purity of thought and purity of life, purity of action. A pure heart, a good conscience. And then he says, uh, and a faith unfeigned. Unhypocritical faith. That's what we're going to need to get us out of this world, to a better world. You know, this, this play in church won't do it. And these people, there's multitudes of people that went to church this morning. And they played, they played, went and played church. But I'll tell you, one of these days, when it comes time to die, play in church won't do it. Remember when you were kids? Played cowboy and Indians? You know, you can play Indians. You, you don't have to have anything. Go cut you a stick down, tie you a string on it. Play Indian. Play cowboys and Indians. Or play, play dolls. Girls did. Play house. Well, that's all right for kids but that's we don't play church we're not to play church and play play religion this is serious business and one of these days we're going to have to leave here and we're going to have to have the real thing to get us to a better world faith unfeigned well how do we stay pure first Timothy 4 13 he says till I come Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Now you can't get you can't get, get along without the Word of God. That's why we're in church tonight. But that's it, and all that we need. You say, "Well, I, I come to church one time a week." Why don't you try eating one meal a week and see how how, how you get along? Ate one meal. I ate a big dinner today. I, I, I'm not going to eat any more till next Sunday. Next Sunday they'll have to carry you to the table if you're around. <laughs> well, if we need if we need physical food that much, we need spiritual food. Don't give attendance to reading to exhortation and to doctrine. God said, "I want you to I want you to spend your time. I want you to eat regularly from the Word of God. Give attendance to reading and to exhortation and to doctrine." Now that's, you want to stay pure? That's how to do it. The Bible said in Psalm twelve six, the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. The word of God's pure. You can't find anything wrong with this Bible. You know, this Bible's right. <laughs> it's always right. This Bible's pure. And it'll tell you how to stay pure and how to go to a pure country. Psalm 19, 8, the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalm 119, 140, the word, thy word rather is very pure. Therefore thy servant loveth it. Do you love the word of God? Your sweetheart ever writes you those love letters? You like to get those, don't you? I'm thinking of those soldiers over in Afghanistan. Of course, the, you know we're living in modern days. I was listening, I think it's today sometime, they were, they were talking about email on the ship. They had email. What? Immediate what? letters, immediate love letters. What? 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 They don't have to wait, their wife or whoever there. I mean, they can get on that computer and that's an amazing thing, isn't it? That this email thing is... This internet thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm too old and you know, can't relearn, really I don't reckon. I know some preachers, some preacher friends, they say, man, you need to get on the internet. That's the only way to study. I get all my messages on the internet. It won't be long to every preacher be having the same message. I say, I'm just too, too. I've learned the old way. I've got to get my concordance and my Bible and do it the old way. But uh, anyway, this, that's, the, that's the trend, it? the email thing. So, so they type and it goes right then. I mean, they can communicate one with another right on that computer uh, right at the same time. It's an amazing thing. And who would ever thought? Uh, Billy was talking about. Where he works there, they got a new computer and how much faster it was and all that. And he's got two jobs. He works during the day and got an evening job. And he said, That's cut down on my hours. It's faster and I don't, I'm, don't take me as long. They're trying to cut down on that uh, wages they're having to pay. So uh, the Lord says, The commandment of the Lord is pure. Thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Well, to love the word of God like we. You know, the Bible compares it, I believe, to honey. It's better than honeycomb. I like honey, don't you? They say honey. Someone says no. What's wrong with you? <laughs> honey is good for you. Good for you. And uh, I was, saw this. Uh, they were somewhere, some other country, and they were, they were climbing these trees and getting that honey. And uh, the bees is all around them. You've seen that commercial, that crazy fellow? You know, I guess he spreads honey on his face or something. And all them bees, got that, mu- that beard of bees. <laughs> Advertising some kind of insurance. But uh, I don't like bees. They bother me. Of course, I'm allergic to them. They bother me. Thy word is very pure. I have an uncle years ago I was doing something to the house and had the ladder set up against the house. He said, climb up that ladder and do something. He knew there was a bee's nest up there. And bees got me good. I don't know why I'll ever forgive him for that or not. I was just a boy. <laughs> I must not have forgiven him. I can still remember it, So, Well, anyway. So, Proverbs 35. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. The word of God's a pure. Every word of it is pure. Uh, every word. I thought it was a B.R. Lakin said he believed the Bible from Genesis to maps. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the Word of God. Well, the old thing's messing up again there. Well, we're headed to a pure city. I thank God for that. Let's turn to Revelation. We'll wind up here somewhere. Revelation 21. Revelation 21, verse 18 page 1352 last book in the Bible the building of the wall of it was of jasper and the city was pure gold likened to clear glass who was it I heard talking about that said so they, they had found the way uh, you know to purify gold to, to the point that it was clear I heard someone say that I don't know I can't remember who it was now some preacher some teach Bible teacher or something. Well, isn't that amazing? He said here the city was pure gold. So our yellow gold must have some impurities in it, uh, evidently. But when you purify it till it's clear, then uh, then you've got pure gold, hadn't you? Uh, it was likened to clear glass. And then in verse uh, 21, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. Of course, it's not glass, but it's gold. But, you know, it's a pure, it's a clear. Evidently, it's uh, compared to glass, transparent glass. And then chapter 22 and verse 1, He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. So it's going to be pure gold, pure river, and you know that uh, you find some pure water and it's clear, isn't it? No impurities. Uh, you, uh, uh, you get some water and it's, you see all these things floating around then. Uh, you better, better watch it. <laughs> and I wonder how pure air water really is. Of course, a lot of this city water, they just dump some Clorox in it. And, and uh, you know, kills supposed to kill all the stuff. I wonder how healthy that is, really. But anyway, we're headed to a country where God said the streets are pure and the water is pure, and thank God the people are pure. And the only way you can get there is to be pure. Have a pure heart that only God can give. Okay, that's it. Let's bow our heads, please.